Welcome to another amazing episode of Kazi's Audio Experience. This is the podcast where we're not only going to sharpen our technical skills, but we're going to learn to become profitable as filmmakers. What's going on, guys? This is Kazi, another Wednesday, another live. And this one is so freaking special to me. I just hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. You all know that it's not possible without each and every one of you. The support that I get on this platform, the support that I get on YouTube, it's just out of control. Never expected that. So genuinely, thank you so, so much. And I'm always looking for ways. If I'm going to crack the code, I want to come back and I want to share that and I want to see if it can help other people. So this is exactly what's going to be happening right here. I made something that's very practical, you know, and um, it's going to give you the, the why behind the how and why in 2020 it's so important that everyone that is listening to this and watching this should have a YouTube channel. So we're going to be specifically talking about YouTube in this one. Basically, this video is about how to run a successful color grading channel or any sort of channel if you're a filmmaker or it doesn't even need to be filmmaking, to be honest with you, on YouTube. Okay, so we're going to jump right in. I'm going to tell you this. This podcast or vodcast, whatever you want to call it, is broken up into three main sections. So we're going to talk about mindset. We're going to start off with mindset because that is the most important thing. But then I'm going to jump right into the practicality of it, like how to attack it. What are the strategies? And I'm going to give you the exact meat that you're looking for. And then finally, we're going to end it off with the benefits, like why, why you should be doing this. And this is not only for beginners, somebody who's just starting out and they're just like, you know, we're just dabbling. We're figuring out what filmmaking is. Let's make some cute YouTube videos. No, this is also for people that are mid tier to even like advanced people that are making a lot of money, you know, doing this as a career, why it's important to be doing this and why some of like the top dogs out there, including Will Smith, has like a YouTube channel. Okay, so all that is happening right now. Let's jump right in. And I want to start off by like, I made a really big claim, right? Like the fastest growing color grading channel on YouTube. Let's back this up. In the last 30 days, we got 18,200 subscribers just in the last 30 days, and it tells you the growth. That's 78% more than what I usually get, and that's the trajectory. That puts us, that's double the amount of subscribers than the last, than the, you know, second place color grading channel, which is actually the biggest color grading channel. I'm not going to say any names, just out of respect, but you guys know what I'm talking about. That channel has less than half these subscriber count that I have going on right now. So that's what backs up the claim fastest growing channel. If I keep this up now, look at the screen. If I keep this up for the next 12 months, I'm going to be hitting around 332,000 subscribers. So these are the projections based on what's been going on in the last 60 to 90 days. And guys, is it going to take a lot of effort? Like you bet. I mean, you know, you like a lot of you listen to me and they go that, you know, it just seems like you know, you would be that person that's the hardest working person in the room. And that comes easy to me because I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. I'm, I'm you know, dealing with people that are like minded. So I'm always feeling blessed, giving back and then taking so much from you guys, too, because all the love and all the acceptance that I get, it just it, it means the world. OK, now let's just jump into some things and let's just start off with 
um, mindset. Okay, so why is mindset so important? And my first point in that category is deflate the deflators. Now you guys know how big I am about like bully the you know bullying the bullies. And some some of you it might like turn you off, and you're like, man, what about like being kind and all that stuff? That is very true. But let me explain the method to this madness. Okay, when you're starting out a when you're attacking, you know, on a new venture, whether, you know, you're going to go hard on Instagram and you're going to share what you know and like, you know, share your skills and try to help people, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have two types of people that are going to come after you. That is just going to happen, okay? So the first first kind is going to be the top dogs, people that are actually making it happen, people that are somewhat of like an authority in their field. They're going to come at you and they're going to try to pull you down. They're going to like pull their rank on you. To like just kind of deflate you right there and then. So when you're starting out and all these things happen, again, out of respect, I will not say any names, but trust me, a lot of you probably know my story when I was starting out on the YouTube and you know Instagram journey. I had these crazy top dog colors like coming after me, like literally, I don't even know what was the deal. It was genuinely personal and they just wanted to pull me down. They wanted to deflate me in the beginning when I had that passion and I had that drive and I wanted to share that knowledge and I wanted to change the freaking world. They were pulling me down. They were pulling me down. They were trying so freaking hard, okay? And I, instead of defending myself and instead of just like trying to flip them and trying to argue, like, you know, trying to make my point or anything, I you know, went with the mentality of deflate the deflators. I just started going in like left and right, you know, jab and just kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. And I'm like, no, you come after me. I'm coming after you because let me tell you why that is. Think about somebody like Mayweather, right? Number one freaking boxer in the world. Like nobody comes close and he's known for his defending skills, right? He defends so well. Well, if he can defend that well because he's experienced, If you're not experienced, you cannot predict where the punch is coming from. So all you need is one body shot and you're done. So the mentality basically here is attack is the best form, you know, of defense. So like that is very true in the beginning. When you're starting out, you're an amateur, you don't really need somebody to deflate you, constantly deflate you and for you to have to live with that. So if somebody brings you down and if you just want to block them and move on and stay positive, That's what you need to do in the beginning, okay? And then the second type of people that are going to come after you are genuinely the loser's type. The loser type is going to come after you because they couldn't do what you're doing. They hate where you're at and what you're trying to accomplish, and they're going to pull you down. And I'm talking about people in the beginning when I would share like inspirational stuff on uh, Instagram and on LinkedIn. I had my friends, my coworkers will just slide in, DM me and try to go, hey, man, like, are you swimming in that like, you know, uh, Gary V. Kool-Aid? Are you swimming swimming in that like, you know, um, whoever, you know, like Tony Robbins Kool-Aid? And they'll like just plant that, plant those little seeds in my brain that will just corrode my mindset, my positive mindset. And then all day, I'll have that running in the back of my head. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And then what happened? I stopped posting on LinkedIn. I stopped posting on LinkedIn. And I'm like, man, I got to stop embarrassing myself. So what I'm saying is that this will happen to you regardless of how strong somebody looks from the outside. Like we are all humans. We go through those things. So 
the top dogs or the losers are actually as dangerous as the top dogs, okay? So you gotta keep that mind. There's these two kinds, okay? I always say, and I say it jokingly, but it's the truth. Why is it always the hardest to like, impress the loser, right? It's always the loser on my channel that's gonna come in and go, hey man, the image looks flat. Hey man, this sucks, like the audio quality sucks. I'm like, dude, it's a story. You're listening to my YouTube video audio through my iPhone mic. It's a story that I'm shooting on my iPhone. It's not like my audio sucks, that sucks. And like, then I click on that dude's page and he has 100 followers and he literally has like, you know, 200 or he has 100 videos on YouTube and literally highest views are like 10 views. And it's like, dude, what are you doing giving me suggestions and talking to me like I'm doing something wrong? And it's just that those are the people that are gonna do that to you. So be aware of that, okay? And also, you know, deflating the deflators, the thing that's gonna happen is that if somebody like, you know, comes at you and says something like what the dude said, like about the audio, like your audio sucks, or here's another example. This guy on my recent video goes, hey man, I can't help but to notice that, you know, the cinematographer in me is just telling me that, ah, oh, I'm sorry, Kazi, the lighting sucks, dude. Like, you know, the composition just sucks. Like, it's just really bad. The cinematographer in me couldn't help it. And then I reached out to him. I'm like, bro, I went to college for cinematography. I'm a cinematographer first, I'm a colorist second, and I'm like, I can tell you there's six to one ratio, lighting ratio. Are you freaking kidding me that is flat? I'm like, learn your lighting right now because you literally don't know what you're saying and you're embarrassing yourself. And then I did the same thing. I went on his page and he is a YouTuber who has less than 200 followers. He has 27 videos. He's shooting with T2I or something still and he's calling himself a professional cinematographer who just can't help but to put me in my place. You get what I'm saying? So, so I had to go and fact check him to see, am I talking to Roger Deakins like protege? Who am I talking to? So once I fact checked him, I'm like, okay, dude, this is one of those trolls, one of those haters that's just there to deflate me. Not going to happen. I know my skill set. I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna keep moving forward. I'm gonna stay focused. See you later, brother. So that's what I'm trying to say, okay? Um, Gary V says like, you know, just love everyone and just, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, just have long conversations with these people and try to understand them. That's really easy to do that when you have 200,000 followers on a platform, when you have a million followers on a followers on a platform, because then you're, you know, you have such a thick skin and you just don't care for somebody coming at you because then it's like a giant versus a baby. Like, you know, you just like put a hand over their head and you just say, hey baby, stay there. Just, just take it easy, just chill, just chill. Like, you know, take it easy. Like you're cute, but that's about it. But when you're, you know, down here, you're just starting out you need all the help that you can to blow up, okay? So now we're moving on to over-nurture your fans. So now that's opposite of like deflate the deflators, over-nurture your fans. Somebody just made a comment on YouTube that I'm gonna be posting on my story today. This guy said, can we take a moment and just look at how Kazi responds to every single person, every single comment? And guys, it's not easy. It's literally the first part of my day. When I wake up, I work out and then I grab my phone and it takes me hours, literally, no joke. It takes me hours to just reply back on all platforms, whether it's email, YouTube, Instagram. And I am very, I do my due diligence to do that because I remember 
taking so much hate in the beginning that now when there's so much love and I've always had way more love than hate. But the problem with that is that, you know, the hate sticks more than the love. Right. And that's also our problem. Like that's something that we all need to work on to focus more on positivity than negativity. But I'm a culprit. You know, I was one of those that like stuck with like one hate and hundred likes and I will like, you know, dwell on that. But anyways, with love, I'm now when I see so much love and everybody appreciating me so much, I want to do 10 times that. So even like going live right now and sharing these tips with you and just helping you out with like if you're stuck somewhere in your life, this is my duty. This is my obligation. I need to do that. I have to do that. You're taking the time from your day to be here talking to me. This is the least that I can do. Okay, so this is how I look at it. This is not something that's, a, you know, maybe or may not, may, you know, I, I have to and I don't have to. Like, they'll understand. They'll understand I have some following now, so I don't have to reply back to them. Absolutely not. I'm going to be here as long as I can. If it just physically is impossible, I get to a point where just there's not enough time in the day. That's a different story. But until then, this is what you're going to get. And you need to stay grounded and you have to be like this, okay? Or else... If you don't have people that care for you, if you don't have people that want to listen to you, then then you're gone. Then it's done. So like I said, deflate the deflators, but then over nurture your fans, over nurture people that care about you. Let them know how much you love them. Let them know how much they mean to you and be genuine about it. OK, now I want to jump into stay focused. OK, and when I say stay focused, I mean, find a niche. Niche is not a bad thing when you're starting out. Like there were tons of people in the beginning that told me, Kazi, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're a general filmmaker. You shoot, you do concept development, you direct, you edit, uh, you do sound design, you color grade. So why don't you just do it all, bro? Like, what are you doing? Why are you like, you know, just like boxing yourself into this color grading thing? And the thing is, when it comes to social media, and especially when it comes to YouTube, do you know how many videos are being uploaded every freaking second? So you cannot be general. You cannot really start off like, so listen to what I'm saying. You cannot start off as like a, you know, uh, a jack of all trades. You really need to find that niche in the beginning, you know, and then grow from there eventually. Even now, I'm very hesitant to go into that cinematography tutorials, to go into those kind of things like review videos, unboxing videos. I'm still very hesitant. Can I do it? Of course I can do it, it's my channel. But I don't want my voice to be to get lost because there is unbox therapy that has 14, you know, million subscribers or 18 million subscribers, whatever. That's his territory. And then there's, other, you know, there's tech reviewers, MKBHD. That's his territory. I'm not saying you can never do that. I'm saying whatever it is, if it's tech, then it's tech. What kind of tech? Cell phones, mobile tech. Boom iPad or small screens. Boom. Like, you know, Android or iPhones. Boom. Like, you know, just keep dropping that in and just like literally have laser focus when you're starting out, then branch out. It's okay. But if you really want people to start, like if you really want to start building a cult, that is my biggest tip. So color grading tutorials, not just color grading tutorials, color grading tutorials in DaVinci Resolve. Now, can I do color grading tutorials in Premiere Pro? You know I can. Can I do color grading tutorials in Final Cut 10? You know I can. Can I do color grading tutorials in Colorista? I've done it. So why am I not putting that up? Why am I not going in that direction? Because I want to stay, you know, laser focused and I want my audience to know what they're getting. Like when they go on my channel, they know what to expect. I want to keep it that way. 
And then eventually if I change it, I change it. Nobody's gonna sue me. But this is to help you. This is to help people understand when you're starting out, what are the things that can really help you, okay? Now I wanna move into, and then one more thing that I wanna say, be patient, okay? So if you're a filmmaker, you do all the things, start with one, take your time. Like, you know, now I'm like uh, uh, almost two years into my YouTube channel, but I'm like really taking it easy and then I'm gonna jump right in. So now I'm gonna move into go with your instincts, okay? And go with your instincts is probably the most important thing that I can tell you. And what that means is shut out the voices in your head, right? So what that is is that these voices are created when we consume content. So we go online, we look at, um, uh, you know, uh, YouTube stuff and things like that. We look at video and then all these voices get in our heads and then we say, we wanna make a video on this, we wanna make a video on that and like, I wanna do all these videos and then we end up doing nothing. So shut all those voices down, like just shut them out, you know, from your head and like really, like just run with your gut feeling. What was that thing that made you, I wanna do this. What was that thing that made you, I wanna make a post about that today. What was that thing that made you, I wanna talk about and share this with the world today. Run with it, don't overthink it, go with it. And usually I always say, only have one chef in the kitchen, maybe two. So the good example is Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan. They work together, they create epic, epic stuff, right? Cohen Brothers, epic stuff, right? But outside of that, you got Tarantino, you got Scorsese, you got like Robert Rodriguez, you got all these people that are phenomenal and just killing it like they're the only chef in the kitchen. That is very important, okay? Once again, it goes back to that, maybe let one voice in. In my relationship, you know, or in my business, it's my wife and I. So I mean like, you know, I'll go in and I'll have an idea and it's locked in and I'm just going with it. And like at the 80% mark, I'm gonna go in and I'm be like, babe, look at it, let me know what you think. She checks it out and she goes, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? So a lot of the times is that last QC that I'm like, oh my God, didn't even think of it because I was looking at it from color's perspective. She is looking at it as viewers or consumers perspective. That is perfect. Let's bring it together. Let's move on. So that's what I mean by that, okay? Now, let's jump into the real meat, which is be methodical in your approach. So that's my last point of the day, or actually second to last, then we're gonna talk about the benefits, why you should be doing it. But be methodical in your approach, and let me give you some examples, and here you probably wanna grab a notepad and like write these things down, okay? There is this website, or there's a service that I use, it's called TubeBuddy. Basically what this software lets me do, or this service lets me do, is that I put up a video called how to how to get the um, dark look, Netflix's dark look. You guys probably have seen that tutorial, right? So I put that tutorial up. I had that picture to the left, which is of our dude from dark. That video was going okay, like normal. So it was getting about like 25,000 views or something in a couple of weeks. So that's pretty average for my channel. And that basically on the good, good side. So it was doing really well, but that's about it. And then eventually my little brother made me a suggestion and he's like, hey, why don't you, you know, experiment and, you know, do a A-B test and try a different thumbnail. So now the first thing that I want to talk about how important thumbnail is on YouTube, okay? It's crazy. It's going to blow your mind. Just stick with me here. So what I did, this service TubeBuddy lets you do A-B testing. So at midnight, it will, you know, bring a new thumbnail on and then it will run it for 24 hours and then after that, it will go back to A. So basically A-B testing, right? So it started doing the test, it ran it for about 10 days and then 
finally, TubeBuddy, T-U-B-E, buddy, one word. And then finally, it gave me the answer that, hey, the thumbnail with you in it is performing way better than the other thumbnail, okay? So that was the final result. And then it even gives you the option, do you wanna actually select the variation? And I said, yes, select the variation. Guys, like, ha get ready to have your mind blown, okay? Look at this, boom. That is the day when I change the thumbnail and just look at the growth of that video. That video literally almost died. It was getting about 100 views a day or something like that. It was at like $23,000, $24,000 and it just like, or 23,000 views and it was sitting right here. And then as soon as I changed the thumbnail, just look at that and it's still going. So now it's getting on average about 10,000 views every two days and now it just broke 182,000 views. So. How many times have you heard that you can revive a video? Like once something goes on YouTube, eventually it kind of just deflates and that's like the pattern, right? This thing was going like this and then it just started going up like that. So this is a huge tip, okay? TubeBuddy can like make you make those calls like A-B testing and then you can revive your videos. That was like a golden nugget, but just because of the thumbnail, it died down. It didn't like really resurface and this can help you resurface it. Another thing, um, I wanna talk about right now is going to be how important your titles are, okay? And again, I use TubeBuddy for that, and let me give you an example and another thing that's gonna blow your mind. So look at this. What this does is that it does a weighted search. What weighted search is that I go on YouTube, I go under their keyboard explorer, and I type in, so look at this example, okay? I typed in color grading for beginners. Weighted Result means that it's going to give me a result, you know, curated for my audience based on my channel. So it is bringing all the algorithms in and it's, say, you know, seeing that, hey, Kazi, for your channel on YouTube, if you title your video color grading for beginners, it's gonna be sitting somewhere in the middle, like 47% success rate and only 3 million people are gonna be watching it. This is about to freaking blow your mind. So you're watching this, right? Now, let me give you another result after making the smallest change. Look at this, boom. All I added is color grading tutorial for beginners instead of color grading for beginners. And look at that, it went to 100% success rate result for my channel and it went from 8 million to 16 million uh, searches a month. So this right there, one thing can genuinely be the biggest factor in your YouTube growth. And these are the tools that all these pro guys are using. They know exactly what's going down. And uh, you know, this is, that's why there's not a lot of like crossing your fingers anymore. They're kind of just like, you know, knocking, knocking it out of the park, okay? So very important like those things, okay? Uh, another thing that I'm gonna share with you is that tags are very important. And uh, I use vidIQ, uh, vid so V-I-D-I-Q. That's a great site for keywords. You can type in keywords and it'll give you what is the competition, meaning if you just type in cinematic, that's a terrible keyword, right? Because everybody types in cinematic on YouTube. So you're, you're gonna be right at the bottom unless you have a channel that has like two, three, four million subscribers. When you just say cinematic, it's gonna be living at the bottom. So you can look at it and go teal and orange uh, maybe good or bad, but maybe orange teal is really good. There's less competition, but then more people searching for it, but not a lot of people are actually using it. So then you can do that. So it's like those little variations that may not seem a lot, 
but make all the difference in the world. So maybe just, you know, saying resolve is not that great, but saying DaVinci Resolve 16, all of a sudden the search results are way better if your channel is down here and it's gonna start showing up. Okay, so again, very, very important, those small things. Then I wanna talk about cross promote. Okay, so if you, it doesn't matter, man, you can have like 100 followers on Instagram, you can have like five people on your email list, you don't even have to have an email list, but you need to cross promote. So you drop a video somewhere, go on your Facebook, share it with friends, go on Instagram, talk about it, brag about it, link in bio, all of that, swim in that Kool-Aid. If you're not owning it, nobody else is gonna own it. If you don't care enough about it to share it with people, nobody cares. Okay, so you have to be the first to take stand and be like, I'm going in. And that leads me to my last, you know, bit of this, which is work with your power base. So power base is basically people that you know, reach in the beginning, reach out to your mom and be like, mom, go watch this, send this to your friends, like blow me up, like help me out here. Like this needs to go out there. Like, hey, you know, my little brother, I'll hit him up. My older brother, I'll be like, dude, watch this. If you know anybody who's remotely interested in this kind of stuff, tell them to please share it. Love you guys. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Like make it a habit. Like just go out and ask them for that and you'll be surprised what can happen. Now I wanna ultimately uh, jump into the most important part of this entire presentation, which is what are the benefits? Like, okay, so you got you got a life, you, you, you're married, you got kids, you're, you have a job. Like why the hell do you wanna start a YouTube channel? And let me just tell you based on my personal experience and what has happened in the last year. When I started a YouTube channel, it wasn't going, it was never going to be a cute little thing. I wanted to actually have a living, breathing portfolio, a place where I turn on the camera on me and people get to watch me, my clients get to watch me, my future clients get to watch me work in real time. They get to see what they're going to get. They get to see my skills, I get to flex and show what I can do. I get to help a lot of people while I'm doing it and the clients are going, we need to hire this guy. We wanna work with this guy. We wanna have a freaking drink with this guy. This guy is cool. Like, we know everything about Kazi. This is one billion times better than sending somebody a copy-paste cover letter or sending somebody a resume, sending somebody a reel, you know, with some generic music on it. It is a billion times better than that because they get to see you in your element. They know what you're capable of. And like I said, Basically, you're getting access to the best TV network on planet Earth that is global, that never goes down, and anybody can look you up, regardless of the zip code. So trust me, you could be a huge creative director somewhere working at an agency and getting paid $130,000. How about if you start making $400,000? I will not talk about anything that I haven't done. I will only talk about things that I've done. How about if you make more than $400,000? How about you take all that in one year from like 120, 200,000, all of a sudden like, you know, 4X or 5X that, and that's just the beginning. We're still figuring it out, right? I mean, this is just the beginning. I'm still figuring out all these things. It's not like I'm done. I'm just getting warmed up. So. This is how I'm looking at this platform. YouTube is for depth. Instagram is for hype. Instagram will like, boom, like it just skyrockets. People are pumped. People are like, let's go, Kazi. Love you, man. Like YouTube, depth. YouTube, people go grab a freaking cup of coffee, grab a you know a bottle of water, and you're like, dude, 
I'm here with you, take it away. Okay, so this is where people are actually going to search you to look you up. This is where LG, you know, will reach out to you and be like, hey, Kazi, love your content on, you know, YouTube, want to send you a TV. Can you do a review on it? Big companies like, you know, the music video that I did for Zohair, his creative director reached out to me from YouTube, saw your video, Joker look, can you create that for us? Lawrence Schur, you know, found out about me because he said, Kazi, I heard your name, my company, you know, my employees kept saying that Kazi, we are getting a lot of traffic to Shot Deck through this guy, Kazi. And then he looked me up. He saw my Blade Runner tutorial, DM me on Instagram, said, Kazi, you killed it on that Blade Runner tutorial. It was amazing. I reached out to him, said, can we go live? He said, he said, let's do it, brother. That kind of thing where you just cut the middleman and you go straight to the source, you don't even have to go to the source. They come to you. Tell me one other platform on planet Earth, including LinkedIn and all that stuff, corporate stuff, that even comes close to that. It just does not. And again, like I said, this is just the beginning. Working on a music video for Nabila, which, by the way, is sitting at like eight or nine million in a week, a little over a week. She's a Malaysian artist, huge artist. Working with her, same thing. She reached out to me directly, saw my stuff on YouTube, found me on Instagram, reached out to me, boom, made a deal, worked on a music video. All that stuff, guys, like where you become accessible. And like I said, Will Smith, like these big guys, like really big players are jumping into it for a reason, okay? Whether they're sharing their fun moments, whether they're looking for more business, whatever it is, like it opens you up. But sometimes we look at things as like, if it's free, how good can it be, okay? That's not true. That does not hold true when it comes to social media. It's a great resource. Everybody should be jumping on it. And especially with YouTube, if you're a creator, if you want to work on cool stuff, let's just say you can't afford awesome cameras, but you're really talented. So you got like a, you know, T4i or something like that. Well, T6i, whatever have you. Shoot some stuff with it. Stay consistent. You know, get up to that level that Canon goes... We want to send you 1DX Mark III. Do you want a review for us? We want to send you EOS R5 you know, or R5. Like, do you want to do a review for us? And guys, this is all reality. This is all just happening, you know? And not just to me, but happens to people all the time. You know, you will get stuff from Hollyland. You will st get stuff from like, so say if DJI is up there, then what's the second tier? They're going to reach out to you as soon as you have like, 5, 10K followers, but it's not even that, or subscribers, you have like meaty stuff. You can have like 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, but if your stuff is really good, they're going to reach out to you. As we talk about this, I just went and saw, um, you know, a Panasonic just released a new camera, I believe S5, and Gerald Undone is, you know, just put out a video about it because, you know, the camera was sent to him to test it out. And Gerald Undone is amazing, very talented YouTuber, has about 170 or something like that thousand subscribers. In a big scheme of things, that's not a lot of subscribers, but look at the weight that this man is holding. Okay, so let's say if you're a gearhead and you want to do these things, getting, your, getting the word out there and letting people know about what you do and what you're passionate about is never going to hurt you, okay? So this is very important. So all the people that talk about, dude, I don't know how to land clients. I don't know how to get a job. Well, you're staring at the opportunity your whole life. You just never flip the camera to look at it from the other side. And I wanted to take a moment to give you that insight 
and to flip the camera around and have you see yourself in it and, you know, imagine yourself doing this. And that was the point of this. Okay, I'm going to take some questions. This was freaking amazing. All right, so somebody asked, like, you know, what goes after FCM? Like, are you going to do an, an, another master class after this? This guy also asked, like, you know, are you going to do a more advanced class? So let me pull this up. The thing is that it's really funny when I see this. And first of all, you know, my brother Vadesh is already in the master class. And brother, you took the master class. Now it's up to you. Where do you want to take it? Like, it's not like, can you do another advanced class? Like, I don't know what another advanced class is going to be. Like, let's get to Mars. You know, it's like everything that you have in there, you know, is beginner to advanced because that is the stuff that's like making me or helping me work with like AAA list brands and everything that I do. So that's it. Like I did not hold anything back. Now, will I put a class out for ACES or HDR grading, things like that? Probably in the future when we get there. But as of now, uh, this is way more than what a lot of people can chew on. And I will highly recommend don't look at this class as like, all right, I watched it once, like, what's next? Like, let's go, you know, no. Um, anytime I find something that helps me, I don't just watch it once or I don't listen to it once. I just keep pounding at it, keep pounding at it until I just get to a point where I'm just like, okay, I memorized the whole thing inside out. So that's my answer to that. And let me see if there's anything else. So how to beat career anxiety in this hyper opportunist um, and competitive field of filmmaking. So... That's one thing that, you know, it was not, it's not like it was not competitive before and it is competitive now, okay? Before the problem was that, you know, let's just go back, 1904 or 1905, filmmaking is brand new, only seven people know about it. Then the problem was that nobody knew about it. So there were not a lot of jobs. Then as soon as that changed, then you just had like, you had to be part of the family. Well, that thing is still somewhat exists, but now we have independent filmmakers. We have all these things going on. If anything, it's the opposite. You know, brother, like right now is the best time for this kind of, you know, for filmmaking because literally you can just take your iPhone, flip it around and shoot a film. And this is not a joke. Like shoot a film. Like, you know, the whole thing. You can even shoot in 120 frames, looks gorgeous, and you're done. Okay, so... This is the time I actually disagree with this question because I feel like all the things that I just talked about, if you want to stay ahead, if you want to get ahead of the curb, like then you have to do what I just recommended where you have to put yourself out there and let people discover you. Like what is better than, you know, other people approaching you than you sending out your resumes, you know, blindly and hoping, you know, somebody is going to call you back. All right, so this is a pretty good one. Like, you know, when um, you knew that you want to be a colorist. So that is just one thing that I just fell in love with color grading so much because the power of it was out of control because, you know, I went to school for cinematography. So, you know, with my limited resources and what our school had for equipment, like it didn't look like, you know, Fincher's Fight Club or it didn't look like, you know, uh, something from Ridley Scott, so Blade Runner, whatever. So I'm just like, man, what is it? What is it? What is it? So like that just drove me crazy. So 20, 2009 or early 2010, when I started, actually 2009, when I started dabbling with uh, Apple Color, 
that was the beginning of it all because I was just like, whoa, just hold on a second. Like, what is really going on right now? And then it just hit me so hard, touched my soul. And I'm like, man, there's something out of control about this particular skill, like the gratification, the instant gratification that I get and the foresight that it gives me to how to be a better shooter. So the pros were so many that it just, that was the attraction. Not to mention, I was charging double what I was charging as an editor. You know, it's crazy. And that's not because I was a better colorist than an edit editor, that's not it. Editing is way more competitive than color grading because color grading is considered such a new field. So that was another attraction that I'm just like, I work less, I get paid more, I can listen to music, I can be on the phone while I'm doing it. And those sound like, you know, like I'm being, I'm being funny. No, that's true. That, you know, you don't have to have like 400%, you know, concentration on whatever it is that you're doing, just like when you're editing. Like you have to literally take a sabbatical from your, you know, wife, from your family, or just like, this is what I'm going to be doing for the next four or five days. I'm living with it. You know, you go to sleep and you're dreaming about different cuts and how you can cut it and when the music can come in and all that stuff. You guys know what I'm talking about. That is not the case with color grading. And, you know, there's something liberating about that. So like you combine all those things. So it was just, it was just a, you know, match made in heaven. All right, so somebody can come in and, and uh, correct me if I'm saying it wrong, but I think it's the book from uh, Walter Murch. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, in the Blink of an Eye. So that is an epic one. There's actually two. So In the Blink of an Eye, which is an epic one from Walter Murch, and he is like the top dog editor, okay? He's a freaking killer. So look him up. And In the Blink of an Eye is a phenomenal book. So good that I keep it right here. And let me give you another another book. Okay, so this is David Mamet on directing film. It's called On Directing Film. Uh, read that one too. It's a phenomenal book from David Mamet, probably one of the best screenwriters. I mean, his movies are crazy, man. Like when you're watching them, like you literally even can't even eat anything because while you're eating and you can't hear like a single word, you don't want to miss out on it because the dialogue is so good. So those are the ones that I'm going to recommend. And then uh, what you want to suggest during hard times. All right. So that's a good question too, right? During hard times, brother, I'm just going to tell you, please just remember all the things that I said. Keep your head down and go. Keep your head down and go. Block out the naysayers. You know, get rid of the people that are bringing, you know, toxic culture into your environment, especially when you're not too strong in the beginning. Once you get to a point where you have a thick skin, then nothing matters. Then you can laugh it off. Then you can look at it, you know, clown somebody, laugh it off, move on. Just like how I block a couple of people here because they just couldn't stop talking about my wife here. So I just blocked them. I moved on. That's the end of that. Like, I'm not going to argue with them. I'm not going to like trying to explain to them, hey man, be a better human, blah, blah, blah. There's literally 7 billion plus people on planet Earth. I am looking for the right ones. What about you? So it's as simple as that, okay? I'm gonna move on to the next question. How do you handle situations when you become the fix it in post guy for shitty shots? It's never like you will be that guy in perpetuity and this is who you are. There will be projects when you're gonna be doing that and it's, I'm gonna break it down, it's very simple. This happens when you're starting out. This does not happen when you get to a certain level. Like this, this year, my biggest thing is that I'm saying more no's than yeses just because I just don't have enough time in the day to take on projects. So right now I'm taking 
cream of the crop, you know, projects. I'm only taking projects that are diversifying my portfolio and are the things that interest me, that I'm excited about. And everything else is just a straight no. I It takes me eight seconds to watch something and go, nope, maybe next time. Yep, I'll take it, you know? So that's what I'm talking about. Like in the beginning, you kind of have to pay your dues. Totally fine. It's going to make you so much stronger. Fix it in post is actually not as bad as it sounds because the experience that you gain from it turns you into a freaking tank. Like you just become a freaking ninja of color grading, okay? So figure it out. What kind of problems you're facing? What can you do to make the most of it? And then just go from there. And sometimes fix it in post you have to have better communication than anything else because if you give your client very clear expectations, then they kind of already are anticipating what's going to come out from you. So then at that point, you just don't overthink. You do your best, you turn it in, and that's all you could have done. So that's my answer to that. Good question. Can you actually get money with 100K subs? You can get anywhere from like $5 to $5 million. And that's a very crazy answer, but it's the truest statement I can make. So what do you want to do with those 100K followers? What do you want to do with your following? Where do you want to drive them? Do you want them to hire you as a freelancer? Do you want to uh, hire them when they discover you? A cinematographer comes out to me and I go, yo, bro, I want some content for my channel. How about you give me the best looking shots? I'll give you a shout out and I'll make a tutorial on it and I'm gonna use it for my masterclass. You, basically service exchange. I talked about it in other videos. So how are you attacking it? Or you can create a product and then sell that product and tell people that, hey, if you're interested in what you see here, then this you know, can take you to the next, next level. Go check it out. So what is it that you really want from it is going to be up to you. But I can tell you right now, what YouTube pays you, pennies. You're not gonna survive, you know, and, and it fluctuates day, like day in and day out. So like, you know, you're not gonna make enough money that you can pay your rent or you're gonna pay your, maybe you can make your car payment, but it's not easy. Like you have to like literally turn into one of those streamer accounts, you know, the gamers that just stream all the time and get millions of freaking views a day. Then we're talking 20, 30, 40,000 a month or something like that. It can get really out of control, but otherwise, nah. This is not something that's gonna replace your professional job, your income or anything like that. But again, like if you're smart, if you have a product, if you have something that you drive people to, then it's not only gonna replace your income, it literally gonna make you money that you made in like a decade in like one year. So that it can do, it's just up to you. All right, so that's a good one too because this can also lead into YouTube video ideas and all that. So I wanna start doing short films, where do I start? So my thing is going to be brother or sister, whoever that is, I can't look at the small picture, but it's going to be what is the thing? Like what inspires you to do it? When you say I wanna start doing short films, why? It's a very generic question, but it's a very true question. Why? I want to start a color grading channel. Why? Because when I was learning color grading, there was no content on color grading. There was a lot of like how to, there were a lot of like, let me read you a user guide, but there was no like why, you know, the why behind what's happening. There were no look recreations. There was like, here's the saturation knob and it does this when you take it to 100. Like, but it wasn't really like, dude, dude, shh, connect the dots, connect the dots. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? I know you're saying words, 
what am I supposed to do with it? There wasn't that. So I had to create that because I didn't want people to go through what I went through. And I just wanted to just create also positive attitude, color grading. And in this industry, in post-production, there's a lot of like, you know, leg pullers and negative attitude and just terrible trolls just smeared all across the board. I wanted to change that. I wanted to like, just do a do like a complete do over, create an industry from ground up where people are trendsetters, tastemakers with positive attitude, hustler attitude, and just helping each other get to the next level. Those, that's my purpose. This is why I do what I do. So it's very crystal clear for me to keep going for the next 20 years. You have to find that for yourself. So which is trending software in visual effects industry? Um, trending software for VFX, I mean, dude, Nuke is not going anywhere. Flame is not going anywhere. Maya is not going anywhere. Like uh, Fusion is, you know, uh, becoming big. So these things are not going anywhere. After Effects is not going anywhere. It's going to come down to what you use, what you're comfortable with, and that's the best tool. And they're going to be around for a while, okay? So more... Stop wasting time on which software, start spending time on which one am I learning today, and then just go from there. All right, so I mean, I've answered it a million times, let's answer it again. So the big difference between grading in Premiere Pro or grading in DaVinci Resolve is that Resolve is, you know, a finishing tool first and an editor second, whereas Premiere Pro is an editor first, finishing tool second. So that just makes it very simple to understand. Um, Premiere is meant for editing, offline basically editing, and then online process happens in DaVinci Resolve. So when it comes to actual color grading, there is no comparison. There will not be any comparison. Uh, Premiere Pro will come up with, you know, plugins and things like that, but plugin is just a plugin. It's not a full app, right? So, I mean, Lumetri is a plugin. It's not a full-on app, whereas DaVinci Resolve, a full-blown, like, thing where everything is based around color. And again, like I said, then editing is a complementary thing, but the editing capabilities are right up there. Like I put DaVinci Resolve's editor next to Avid's editor, which is saying a lot, okay? Because I think Avid's editor is one of the best in the business. It makes you wanna you know, edit. Like being in Avid's you know, timeline, I just, I'm inspired to actually tell a story. And Resolve gives me that feel. Premiere never gave me that feel. Final Cut 10, I never had that feeling. Avid did that. Resolve is doing that. So big ups, you know, for what they did. How do you get over creative blocks? This is an excellent one because that is a problem, I feel like, before you are putting out content. So once you start putting out tons and tons of content, it only gets easier. Like the ideas now just flow in. I could be driving and all of a sudden, like I'll go, well, why don't I do a video on this? And then I'll be talking to my brother and we're playing ping pong. And all of a sudden I'm just going to be like, dude, you just said this. I've never thought about doing a look on this movie or this show. Like all these things will coming in, you know, just like will come to you. And when you're new, it's impossible, right? Like, I mean, you're always going to be struggling. Like you have like your notepad, you're just sitting in front of it and you're just like, dude, I want to write something down. I don't know what it is that I want to do, but I promise you, once you start doing it, like they say, you know, practice makes perfect. Once you start doing it more and more, you develop a knack. Like you, you catch them, 
out of thin air. You just know what will work, like what will stick, and you run with that instinct, like that feeling. And that's something that we talked about earlier in this presentation, and that's very important. So how do I sell my coloring skills? Lots of clients don't see it as crucial. This is so true. You're not the only one. I am dealing with it day in and day out. It's like the biggest project, and they're going to go, Kazi, it was shot with four Alexas and we had this kind of lighting set up and sky panels and this and that and boom, just look at it, dude. Look at the location. It's great. Cool. What's the budget? Oh, uh, we don't have any budget for color. And you're just like looking at them going, what are you talking about? I'm like, you're going to spend all this money. Then you're going to slap a Rec 709 and you're going to th think that it's going to stand a chance next to like something that's graded by Tom Poole or Ty Roth or, you know, what are you thinking? Like, this just blows my freaking mind. So I'm right there with you. But platforms like mine, when platforms like these that bring so much awareness to what color grading actually is, it's a little bit more than just like, Hey, Kazi, uh, this is really weird, man. I never see you uh, converting your footage. Like, I never see you converting your footage. What are you talking about, dude? Like, log to Rec. 709 is not like, you know, the word from God. It doesn't need to be like that. But that whole concept in our head that is just like, oh, color grading. So basically, you just convert it, right? Like, you convert it to different profile, like whatever, right? Like, Rec. 2020, Rec. 709, like, done and done, boom and boom. Like, I'm a colorist, right? Everybody's a colorist. It is not that, guys. It's not that. Like, it's it's much more than that. So we have to bring awareness. And the reason why, so answer to answer your question, do a lot of breakdowns on your page. So they when they click on it, they actually see all the layers peeling off and like what the actual final result is. So they can go, oh my God, we did not know that's what it takes and what color is true job is. So you almost have to educate them. And once you educate them, then you don't fight them on the rates. Then you just like tell them to calm down because they're so excited. They're just like, dude, can you make it look like this? Can you make it look like that? They just like, then they they let their imagination, you know, run wild. So my recommendations for camera for filming, I mean, the range is so crazy, but let's just go through a few different ones, right? So if you're sort of like a vlogger and you want something that, you know, things are in focus and it's you, you don't have a lot of money and you just like want a run and gun package, probably GH5 from Panasonic is an excellent choice. 10-bit image, which is excellent even for color grading. Vlog, oh my God, it is really, really good. It's genuinely very good. I have so much fun. I'm all the surprise when I'm grading uh, Panasonic footage that the image that I get is just so satisfactory and especially for the price point, cannot beat it. So that's that. If you want to get stuff where you can have more quality work on your reel to land jobs as a colorist, uh, nothing beats Pocket 4K. So Pocket 4K because it's cheaper than the Pocket 6K package. So get Pocket 4K, you're getting 12-bit image, you're getting raw, so you, you get to understand how the raw module works and then eventually when you get Alexa, RE raw, or you get like red R3D files, you'll know exactly what to expect. It's very similar, different but similar. So that would be my option in that. So that's like two different ranges, right? And then if your budget is a little bit higher, then obviously you can go with the Canon C line or, you know, get a red or Alexa, whatever your, you know, price. And then somebody just said Zcam. Those are awesome. Like the footage from Zcam is out of control. 
I personally can't speak much on it because I've only graded one or a couple of shots from that camera. I was very impressed, but I never got a chance to film with one, so I can't really speak on those. Sony's A7S III, I mean, it's looking so good that I know I'm gonna hate myself, but I'll probably buy one. The reason why I'm gonna hate myself is because all my money is in uh, Canon gear, and I have so many, like, so many different lenses and like all expensive lenses, and I just hate to, you know, dupe that. I hate to buy glass that is similar millimeter, like you know, all that focal length just for a different system. So, but because. A7S III is just, I yet have to find, you know, some bad things about that camera. So I'll probably pick it up. So yeah, so Sony is also putting out really good stuff. A7 III is an, ex, you know, excellent economical choice for somebody that wants to make really quality stuff. So that is a good camera. You can just shoot in HLG mode, which is basically doesn't even, you don't even have to grade a lot. You can just like kind of get going, um, you know, with, in HLG with the most amount of dynamic range and just hit the ground running. So those are like some cool options. Somebody said, how long have you been doing this? And this is a good question because there's multiple answers and we're gonna wrap it up with that. I'm, I'm like the color grading aspect for uh, a little over a decade, professionally, maybe seven years, uh, eight years. Filmmaking since 2006, so 14 years and YouTube, two years, less than two years, a little less than two years, Instagram, one year and one month. Um, when it comes to doing it like with personal brand in mind and, and having an end goal in mind. But what you need to remember is that more than all these numbers that I just threw at you, if you start with the end goal in mind, like the higher purpose, like what is it for? Uh, where do you want to end up? Then it doesn't matter. Um, I know people that are 25 and they're putting out content that's pure fire and uh, I love it. Now, not for half a second I go, you got to prove yourself, kid. Like you got to put in 10 years. You got to do this, that, and the other thing. No, uh, talent is talent. And if you really follow this, if you follow your gut and your heart and you just run with it, you're going to create things that are going to put you ahead. Okay, and uh, it's gonna give you that head start and it's gonna help you in your career. More importantly, it's going to make you so happy that you're just going to keep doing it. Like a lot of you ask me, Kazi, do you ever sleep? I do sleep, of course. I don't sleep a lot because I genuinely am so excited that every night is like Christmas. Like I just cannot wait to wake up the next morning and get going because I have 10,000 ideas in my head that I wanna share with you guys and I just have to get it out there. Or, or there's a certain look that I gotta try. I just gotta do it, you know? I gotta get up and I gotta get to it, man. Like, let, let's just go, I don't have time to waste. So that is what I wanna leave you guys with. Generally do something that you care about, you love, and uh, the rest is just going to fall into place. And guys, once again, 100K subscribers on YouTube because of you guys. Thank you so much for this support. Thank you so much for the engagement uh, that we get here. Thank you for making this platform a reality. I genuinely mean it from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I wouldn't be doing any of this if it weren't for you. Gabi, love you, brother. Seriously. Guys, I mean, I'm just going to give him an indirect shout out. Like, you got to go check out Gabi's freaking page because this dude is just one of those relentless supporters, genuine soul, 
putting out quality content, putting positive vibes out in the world. There's something to learn from that and it's inspiring. On that note, love each and every one of you. Until next time. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends, subscribe to this channel, and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you.